Richard. What's up, guys? Richard, you're alive. You didn't get eaten by a grizzly, unfortunately. I did see a, did see a grizzly, though, up close and personal. Nice. Thought I was gonna. Thought I was gonna have to. Get, I have to carry bear spray with me everywhere I go. Not kidding. It's like mace for bears. It's like the worst thing ever because it's like, uh, hey, yeah, if you see a bear, uh, you just shoot him with this bear spray. Oh, uh, there's a safety on the can, and it takes 11 steps to undo it. <laughs> so, how would you like to be the guy that had to test the bear spray? Serious. <laughs> All right, Joe, go yeah. in that cage and see how well this works. You guys saw pictures. I was shooting like automatic weapons and stuff up right. there. The safety on the bear spray far more extensive. Than the gun, any gun that I shot. <laughs> America. Ladies and gentlemen, go to a water park. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Mad About My You sound insane. You like that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for all things cinema. We talk movie news, movie rumors, and we give you a detailed analysis of our chosen movie of the week. But don't worry, we will warn you when we go into spoilers. Remember to stay tuned to the end of each episode for our weekly recommends in which we each suggest something that you need to check out ASAP. This week, we are focusing our efforts on what, Brian? This week, we'll be talking about The Way, Way Back. Tom Kent, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you think you are? A 6. I think you're a 3. Since I've been dating your mom, I don't see you putting yourself out there, bud. You can try to get that score up at my beach house this summer. Yes, in all his awkward glory. This is my son, Duncan. I was going to name my youngest Duncan, but we went with Peter. Finally, fixed his lazy eye, now it's even worse. Boop, boop, mom. Just stare at the bridge of his nose, that's what I do. You're the worst parent. This movie, man, it's only in theaters for a couple more weeks, I think. Yeah. Maybe, maybe only this week, but seriously, if you haven't seen this movie yet, and you might have already seen it if you're listening to this show, but if you haven't seen it, seriously, press pause right now on this podcast and go see it, because it's probably not going to be in the theaters for too much longer. So we'll get into specifics later about why you should see this movie. So we'll tease that for later. But Richard Barton, I want to officially welcome you back to the podcast. You uh, Tell the listeners what you've been doing. I have uh, some family with a cabin up in beautiful uh, Lakeside, Montana, which is on Flathead Lake, uh, about 60 miles south of the Canadian border, Big Lake. It's about, uh, oh, it's... Up where we were, it's about six or seven miles wide and uh, about 20-something lo- miles long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's right in the middle of the Rockies there, right by about an hour from Glacier National Park. Uh, and I go there in the summer. And this summer, I stayed the longest I've ever stayed. I stayed like 10 days and just kind of unplugged a little bit. I went to Las Vegas for a week beforehand because for work. So that was a nice juxtaposition. Kind of eased my way into Montana. I was in uh, Las Vegas, and then I stopped over Salt Lake City, uh, and then yeah. I hit uh, Montana. But I had a blast. I, I, I'm sunburned. I, I you know, played on the jet skis and the water skis and all that. Paddleboard. I discovered the paddleboard this year. Nice. And paddleboard a couple miles. like Pocahontas. I love that thing. Yeah. Standing on it. It's like a big <laughs> surfboard. You stand on and paddle. I was, I was a pro on that. And my, my family uh, – my family uh, left me. They had a family reunion on the other side of the family that I'm not related to. So they left me for a couple of days, and I got to have basically just run of the cabin by myself. It was kind of Sweet. I was just totally isolated from the world, which was uh, 
quite the experience. It's always a so. great feeling, isn't it? It is. It is. I put a couple so. of summers um, in my life I've spent in Colorado, literally mm-hmm. with no cell phone, no watch even. Uh, yeah. Just backpacking and, you know, spending time in nature and stuff. It's really yeah. good to, you know, uh, relax and to refresh your your life, really. So glad, I'm glad you're back and refreshed. Are you refreshed? You know, I uh, I got a call. I flew back today. Um, I left Flathead Lake at about 3.45 in the morning mm-hmm. and got to the airport and got on the plane, had a 6 a.m. flight, and uh, got to Salt Lake City around 7.30, and I was sitting on my connecting flight at about 8 from Salt Lake to lovely Dallas-Fort Worth, and my boss called me, and he said, the good news is, is I'm going to pick you up at the airport. So you don't have to get a cab to your house. Oh no! The bad news is we're going straight to an appointment. So uh-huh. I, I counted it. I got my bag, and I within eleven minutes was at a local school district giving uh-huh. a speech. I was wow. I was, and it was supposed to be like, oh, we're just working a booth or something like that. No, it was a full, uh, full speech. About seventy five people there, and I just had to literally walk off. And I I like apologize halfway, like. I'm sorry. Um, I just took a nap. I was in Montana, and then I napped on a plane, and now I'm here speaking to you. I'm <laughs> well, Richard, very you, should, confused. you should take this opportunity to at least promote your business on the podcast, etrack.com. Yeah, go to etrack, E-T-R-A-K.com. We do, uh, we do everything location management. You know, We make uh, personal trackers and pet trackers and car trackers and package trackers. Anything you want to track via GPS, we do. Corey so trackers. E-track, yeah. Our famous, uh, famous product, but uh, E-T-R-A-K, E-Track.com. Check us out. Nice. Hey, but that's, I will never mention that again. That's kind of cheesy. Now, you, you mentioned that you, you did listen to last week's episode with Brian, featuring Brian and I, yeah, which was great. I heard, yeah, I was sending you nudie pictures and stuff, I heard. <laughs> that's what I'm talking doing. That. that was great. There was, you know, you know, quite a, you know, there was some, you know, that alone time gets to you. I just and, don't know uh, why you... I don't, why? I mean, I, I enjoyed the pictures of the lakes. I just don't know why you had to put your junk in it. That's, that's all. <laughs> well, it, you know, it just makes it look bigger. The lake. Uh, <laughs> let's let's. Uh, I want to ask you, Richard. <laughs> since you listened to last week's episode, we yes. Brian and I had some awesome awesome discussion in movie news rumors and rumblings. I, I don't and really I, see why I'm there anymore. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see my point anymore. But uh, right. I haven't seen the Wolverine yet. So. Uh, well, I'm not yeah. going to ask you about that. I want to ask okay. you. Um, first of all, what are your thoughts on the Gosling Efron Star Wars Seven? Um, oh yeah, well, so I, I was your texting thoughts. you guys. Yeah. I'm a big Efron guy. I think he's talented. I think he's got a good movie star look. I think he'll be fine in this. Look, I mean, we have really high standards for these Star Wars movies, right? We have to keep in mind the lead character in the most famous and our favorite Star Wars movies is Mark Hamill. It's not mm-hmm. like it's Tom yeah. Hanks. I mean, you, the, these movies get by. You just need a passable actor. I don't know. Maybe you guys are Mark Hamill super fans. But I think Efron can certainly handle that type of role. Um, and, you know, I think he's, he's got some cool movies on his slate. A couple, he's really got to balance like, some indies, some comedies. Some, he's got action. a Seth Rogen movie coming out soon yeah. that I just saw got announced a couple days ago. So, so I think we're, we're in for the year of the Efron. And then Gosling, obviously, I think we're all fans of. Yeah. Uh, but uh, have you have either of you? I don't think we're doing a pod on it. But have you either of you seen Only God Forgives yet? I no, heard I such mixed reviews on it yeah. that I didn't think I'm... it justified our, us to do a podcast yet. Um, but you know, we're going to have a lot of bonus episodes probably come out in the next couple months due to the bad 
you know, the bad movie season again. I'm not so. totally looking forward to it. I'll admit, I know Brian loved Drive. I'm yeah. not a big Drive fan. Uh, so, uh, but that's okay. I mean, we're allowed to disagree. That's why we're, we're best, best friends. But, yeah. uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that movie. But anyway, sorry, enough about me rambling on. It's good to be back. I love you both. I missed you both. I made, uh, I was just alone on the beach at the lake and I made volleyballs and named them Brian and Ken. <laughs> and I did a weird podcast with them. Yeah, I did. I hosted. We broke down, um, all three, three ninja movies or all four <laughs> three ninja um, and knuckle up. Stuff. Oh, yeah, well, we nice. mostly knuckle up. You know, I was talking Three Ninjas earlier with producer Steven, because that's how we roll. And uh, I did not know that Knuckle Up was filmed before Strike Back. Really? Even though Strike Back came out and is known as the second in the trilogy, Knuckle Up is film- was filmed first. So let that settle in your brain. That might be the first time that's ever done in the history of cinema. The only time. <laughs> Let's shoot the third one before the second one. <laughs> That's crazy. That we gotta no get cold while he's hot. Yeah, Rocky loves Emily. Man, how many times in the playground was that said in in elementary? We oh, used to we used to do that all the time. Um, am I googling all the three ninjas movies right now? Of course I am. Of course. <laughs> um, let's let's get into some current movie news, rumors, rumblings. And I know this is going to be an awesome topic uh, to discuss. I saved it for this week, Richard, uh, because I I wanted your th- immediate thoughts. Um, so, Johnny Depp is in the news again. <laughs> and this time, A, he blamed the critics for Lone Ranger's failure. And uh, that's, not, that's not what I'm, I'm going to bring up. But he's, he's been in the news mainly because he said he's very close, very close to retiring from acting. Mm. Um, so, what an awful note to go out on. You know, <laughs> to me, he has to make at least half a dozen to a dozen good movies for yeah. him to go out on a good note. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Totally. Yeah. So what are your thoughts, Richard, on if he if he retires in the next year or two? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to give it that much attention. I think it's uh, that's a little bluster. Maybe feeling the wounds a little bit of the of the of his last entry. Um, but, you know, he's a creative guy. He's been very talented. I... I you know, the thing is, is like the last, in my opinion, I know some people like two and three at least, but I think the last three Pirates movies have been awful. Yeah. Right? And, uh, one and two opinion, were fine. The others are all, were all yeah. terrible, I thought. And I love the first one. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The second one's okay, and then three and four were really bad. But, you know, they all made like $12 billion, so like you don't really get that kick in the teeth, even though you're doing subpar work. Um, and so, but this one is you know, now lost some money and it may be, uh, you know, time to, to reevaluate and, you know, maybe put on some white face paint and work with Tim Burton again, you know, throw, you know, something he hasn't done in a while. No, I don't know, but I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I'd like to see him, you know, him and Downey, I think he's in much more of a dire need than Downey. Uh, but these are two guys that are kind of known as doing these small kind of artsy movies and, Downey because he had to because he was uninsurable and Depp just because he was crazy. But – and then they kind of went into blockbuster mode. It did both resounding success, both financially and critically. But now I was like, all right, well, I've seen you become a movie star. I like you as a movie star, but I'd like to see you go back to kind of take everything you've learned from being Iron Man and, and or Captain Jack Sparrow and uh, let's see you do some smaller, more kind of nuanced work. Um, sure. I mean I, w- I would love to see that from both of them. So uh, – 
obviously Depp needs it more than, than Downey. He's still kind of on top of the world. But I think they both be smart for a changeup. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I'm i I'm one or the other. I, I, I've thought about this, and A, I don't think it's going to happen. But if he, if he really does decide, okay, I'm done, I'm going to retire, I either want four to six, like, really solid – uh, independent or Oscar caliber type performances yeah. and movies, or I just want him to give us the middle finger and do six more Tim Burton movies <laughs> and Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Well, you know they are doing or sequel or whatever, and then just ride off into the sunset and just say, "Here's my awful bird hat. I hate you all. Goodbye." Like that's I, I want one or the other. Just no no middle ground. Don't give me don't give me half and half. Just go all the way one way or the other. You know they. I've read, and I, I don't know if it's confirmed, but I have read strong, strong speculation that they are doing Alice in Wonderland too. Yeah. So, so hopefully we get more Mad Hatter Johnny Depp. You know, because yeah. that's, that was so original, <laughs> awesome. so so different from any character he's played before. Um, this, it, it it reeks of desperation here. It seems like all right, Lone Ranger was terrible. So I'm going to pretend like I'm retiring so that people tell me how awesome I am yeah, and that I shouldn't retire, you know, and that yeah. I should keep acting. Um, but I read today that Lone Ranger, which is a great movie. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it, go out and, and see it and listen to our podcast. I'm just kidding. A complete opposite of that, but still listen to the <laughs> podcast because it's, it's quite funny. I think one of our, one of the biggest bashings we've ever done on a movie. I think we've only bashed three movies on this podcast and yeah. Lone Ranger was one of them. So, anyway, I heard that Lone Ranger is is losing one hundred ninety million dollars for Disney. Yeah, wow. which is un- unbelievable when you think about it. Um, I think John Carter actually broke even, and if not, made a little bit of money overseas. Right, and that's touted as the biggest flop maybe in the past five to ten years. You know, so right, it's crazy. What do you think about why it didn't succeed? I know we talked about that, but I mean, they're blaming the critics now. They're saying it was. It got such bad reviews that no one wanted to see it. I don't think that's the case. I don't think people read reviews. You know what I mean? No, people watch trail. I mean, the biggest influence in movie now these days. I mean, it used to be you know so and so goes on Carson and you see their movie and that happens or you know, Carson you, Daly Last Call really yeah that was Last Call. <laughs> um, that was good, Ken. I didn't see that coming. But now it's all it's all trailer based. I mean, people just watch YouTube of trailers. Trailers have never been more important. That's what sells a movie. Uh-huh. And so uh, the trailers were awful because it's awful. It was a terrible movie with no good footage. Like you can sell a bad movie and get people to go see it if you can just piece together about a minute and fifty seconds of good things. Unfortunately, in the case of this film. Uh, they were about a minute short. I'll give them. They probably had fifty seconds of workable <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. But you know that shot with the train, where it's just the train going by, that was cool. I like yeah. trains. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, so that's it. You know, the movie didn't do well because it was a bad movie. And I love Bruckenheimer and Depp and these guys and Artie Hammer, like trying to hop on, like throwing his hat in the ring, yeah. uh, saying it was just because of the critics didn't like the movie. Yep, yeah, you're you're right because it was bad, and that's what critics do. Right, and, but they tell you I, but, when things are bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but I, you're right. I think people like us, like go like movie nerds and like pop culture snobs and people like that, read you know Rotten Tomatoes and read Vulture and uh, you know read New York Times pieces and you know read Anne Hortaday at the Post or something like that. And we we read these 
movie reviews, but like that's just because we a are really nerdy and b have nothing better to do. But like, not to like place us within the intelligentsia or anything, but I would think the mass part of people don't do that. They just like, oh, that looks cool. You know, I I went and saw, I don't know, what was the Disney movie last year? Uh, uh, whatever. Um, the big Disney movie last year, they saw the Lone Stranger poster trailer and they go, oh, nope, that looks boring. Don't care. There's not a single joke in it. It's just Johnny Depp rambling in an Indian voice and a train goes by and then they scream and there's a yeah. crow, right? And there's some sort of crow. <laughs> right. Um, I vaguely remember. There might or not, might or yeah. might not be. I, I don't remember one thing. And I not like a cool... I, I forgot everything 20 minutes yeah. after I left the theater. I was. I wish. I wish I was the same. But uh, so it. It didn't make money because it was bad. Just okay. We missed. You know, Bruckenheimer. He's now like nineteen for twenty in the making money category. You know, it yeah. happens. Unfortunately, this was a pretty big blunder because it cost a lot. But I think you have to know this is coming when you shut down production for several weeks, which they did. And you. You know, you can say that critics had their their mind made up, but. If that was the case, then you know word of mouth would be better, and you would have done even at least a little better, and have a steady, you know, you at least steady make some money. People say, "Oh, you know, Lone Ranger got panned, but I saw it; it wasn't that bad. It was pretty cool." That that didn't happen because it's it was a bad movie, a really I, overly long bad movie. Yeah, I'll I'll take a little bit. I'll, I'll go a little bit more the other way on that, Richard. I, I agree with your what you're saying about seventy five percent. I do think. Not that the critics had anything out for this movie, but I, I will, I do think that they're in, in a case of a movie like this. John Carter's another prime example where John so Carter much wasn't money, bad, though. I didn't think it was. I, not I that totally bad. agree. I, I actually I like John Carter, I, yeah. but I'm saying it, it tanked here and it ended up making its money overseas because, not because, but they're a part of of the the factors that went into that was the not just critics, but people jumped on, this is going to be one of the biggest flops of all time really fast. And when it, I think, I think you're right that like the average person probably doesn't seek out multiple movie reviews the way we do or movie news or anything like that. But I I remember with both of these movies, John Carter and, and Lone Ranger, like, I don't know, two or three times a week. I'll, when I'm bored, I'll go to at night, I'll go to like yahoo.com and just flip through the main stories on the front page. You know, like there'll be, 50 or 100 stories, and I'll look at maybe five or six of them, but but I'll, I'll kind of just browse through everything. There were a bunch of stories about both of these movies that, uh, that, that broke into what I would consider mainstream media, not just the movie review sites, not just Rotten Tomatoes, whatever, but just Yahoo, CNN, things like that, that, pe- that pegged The Lone Ranger and John Carter, too, as bad movies that are going to lose a lot of money. And when you get that for two and three months before a movie comes out, I think it does kind of stick in the back of your mind of, okay, wait a second. Everybody said this is a terrible movie and I'm not, I'm not supposed to see. It's kind of the same to me as like, if you miss the pilot for a TV show and you thought, man, I actually kind of wanted to see that. Maybe I should go, I should catch up or I should, uh, you know, I should catch the second episode or something. And then you see the ratings are so bad and, oh, it's going to get canceled. Well, then you stop. You know what I mean? You're not going to mm-hmm. seek it out if you think it's going to stink or you think it's going to get canceled or whatever. I think I think there's a little bit of that with with The Lone Ranger, with uh, John Carter, with big budget movies like this that stink or that reek of stink, regardless of how, how they turned out. Again, not to say that the critics had it out for this movie. This movie sucks. It's terrible. 
nobody should see it, and the critics called it like it is. We called it like it is. I mean, we're we're very loosely critics, and we came on. And we we said for weeks leading up to it, this is not going to be a good movie, and we went. We all went to see it. We all panned it. We told the listeners, please do not go see it, over and over and over again. You know. Um, so you're you're totally right, Richard. A make a good movie, and people will go see it regardless of what critics say. Make a fun movie. You know what I mean? Make an entertaining movie, and people will go see it regardless of what critics think. But I do think when there's a big, big budget like this and there were so many behind-the-scenes issues, um, you can get into a situation where whatever the critics say, if it breaks into mainstream media, it it does have an impact. That's why we made bets on – and I lost. We made bets on on World War Z uh, tanking because I thought – I started seeing those same sort of reports on mainstream media saying, hey, this movie could be one of the biggest flops of all time. That's More why, like lamestream media. <laughs> but that's why – I mean that's why I owe you a Whataburger is because of that same situation. And, and the counter to that obviously is, well, World War Z turned out to be a good movie. So that's the, you know, that's the, the key factor. But I, I think there's some – some responsibility falls on the early word from critics and, and fanboys and, and the people who are very demonstrative and, and vocal about this stuff – I don't think it helped anyway, you know. It, I think it yeah. definitely set them on the the path to the destructive uh, 190 million dollar loss that they that they in, they endured. Yeah, I've got good stuff, Ryan, and I could talk about this all day, but I got a few more things I want to mention before we before we talk about way way back. Um Batman Superman is just around the corner. <laughs> and there's going to be a, a lot of news coming crappy corner. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot of news coming out um in the next few months. Um, about casting and and all that, and I just wanted to run some rumors by you guys and get your thoughts. Um, casting for Batman, uh, three names have popped up on Warner Brothers' list. They are eyeing for the role of Bruce Wayne, Gerard Butler, Josh Brolin, or Ryan Gosling. <laughs> so I my immediate thoughts is there's no way Ryan Gosling's doing this. Uh, because he's obviously going to take the Star Wars role, which will probably shoot around the same time as yeah. this. And I don't see him doing two big budget movies like that because he's not that kind of actor, really. I can see him doing Star Wars because, oh my God, it's Star Wars. But I don't see right. him being attracted to this role at all. I can totally see Gerard Butler doing this. So he's if I was going to circle one name out of those three, it'd probably be Butler. So what do you guys? What do you guys think about this, Brian? Uh, please, please don't let Gerard Butler get near Batman. That would be my, my first thought. Um, can it, my can second it, re- thought, can it really make him be any worse? I mean, he's had what, how many, eight rom-coms in the past five years that have just been terrible, you know? I have a, I have a very weird relationship with Gerard Butler in that I actually think that he's capable of, of pretty good things. Uh, oh, yeah. 300, obviously, but like, even some of the of his opera. Voice, yeah, even some of his voice work is pretty good. Um, but I've just seen him a too many romantic comedies for sure. But uh, even some of like the the action movies that he's done have been really bad. Like Machine Gun Preacher was supposed to be pretty good, and it's it's brutal. It's so bad, and he he is the worst part. I mean, he's really really genuinely bad in that movie. Um, and then like Olympus Has Fallen comes around, and I've pretty much completely given up on him. And uh, that movie is not good, but he's kind of awesome in it a little bit. Uh, so. Anyway, I just don't trust him at all. I'd rather him not be my Batman. Um, I love James Brolin. I'd love to see him in that role. 
I do feel like Josh that would Brolin, almost I think. Josh Brolin. Sorry, James yeah. Brolin too. That'll be fine. Um, <laughs> the old old Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Brolin. Um, but uh, I I feel like in a way, and Richard, I I know has got to feel the same way. That would kind of be like sticking this in the gut because you're going to have Batman versus Superman, and we've for years been championing. John Hamm is Superman and should be Superman yes, yes. and just go older, middle-aged Superman. And then you're going to cast an older, middle-aged Batman. And it'll kind of make me hurt inside that, uh, instead of which Henry Cavill was fine as Superman, but he doesn't, I don't know that he fits quite as well with, uh, with Brolin as Ham would Ham, yeah. Ham and Brolin in Batman, Superman or Superman, Batman would have been, would be incredible. I would very much like to see that. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, of those three choices, if you're right, I don't think Gosling's going to do it. I would love to see Brolin in that role. Well, I hope it's neither of them. I hope they go in a, an unknown actor. You know, I hope they don't. Man, I just, I just don't want this. I want it to be like a Henry Cavill type person. Nobody knew who Henry Cavill was really before Man of Steel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I hope I hope they pick somebody like that, and that he kind of becomes Batman in this franchise and that's all he does. You know, I don't want them to ruin an actor that I like for this because I know it's going to be just destruction porn again. Somebody brought up on Twitter. I saw somebody, uh, mention uh, the guy and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because obviously I have issues with, uh, with foreign names, but the guy who plays Jamie Lannister on, uh, on game of Thrones. Oh yeah. Yeah. uh, As interesting. And I was like, that's, that's a cool, uh, that's a cool idea. Uh, That would be, as you mentioned, Ken, that would be kind of outside the box and a little bit different. So I'd like to see that. I can get on board for that. Yeah, I wanted to to mention one other thing before I before we move on, if we if we have time. This we've we've often talked about our love for the Star Trek franchise, and we've mentioned Star Wars Seven. We know J.J. Abrams is directing that, and we've 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 hoped and held out, you know held out all hope in our hearts that J.J. Abrams would return for Star Trek III. Um, so it, the rumors have come out that he's probably not going to return as director for Star Trek III. Yeah. And, and a name has surfaced this past week on who they, who they want to take over as director, <laughs> and that name is John M. Chu, whose directorial credits include Justin Bieber's Never Say Never <laughs> and our favorite, G.I. Joe, Retaliation. So I, I think this series is just going to be horrible now. I mean, he's gonna, <laughs> there's no way it's going to be good. There's no way it's going to top what Abrams has done here. Yeah. So hopefully that rumor is not true. What are, your, what are your thoughts, Brian, on John M. Chu being a director of Star Trek Three? Obviously, I hope that that's not the case. And I, I also look. It could definitely come to pass. But I know um, Slash Film had a big uh, expose or. Little, little blurb on Twitter, something that said, "Hey, we talked to John and Chu. He said he could, he said absolutely not has not been been uh, contacted about doing it. So not to say that maybe that leak didn't come from uh, directly from like the the Star Trek people, um, and they haven't even gotten to talk to him yet. But uh, at least at least for now, I'm going to hold out hope that this is not the route that we're going. Good because GI Joe Two is so bad, so bad. It's terrible." It um, is horrible, Richard. Okay, you you left off Step Up Two, The Streets, as well as Step Up Three D. <laughs> well, those oh, are the sorry. best two of the series. So. Well, so, I mean, I'm just saying there'll be some sweet Enterprise dance battles. <laughs> yeah. So we have that. Um, right. Yeah. Well, that's terrible. 
Yeah, I would just like not even do a third movie. Unless I can get someone like from Abrams' team and know that he's going to work really directly with them. I would just mm-hmm. be like, eh, we got two good Star Trek movies. Let's let's just call it a day until he has some time. You know, there's I no think, reason. I think they should wait until he's done with this Star Wars, maybe. Yeah. I, I just don't. You know, it took four or five years for for Into yeah. Darkness to come out, you know, after the first Star Trek. And I, I would not mind waiting because I thought Into Darkness was a very worthy sequel. I, I think this needs and deserves a great third film. Definitely. One more thing, guys, I want to mention before we move on to, to way, way back. Just a, a small small bit of news. Bruce Willis is out. Yeah. Three. Yeah. yeah. And Harrison Ford is in. Yeah. So thoughts on that, Richard? Well, it's not MacGruber or Vin Diesel. <laughs> How has Vin not jumped on the Expendables train? He will. He's He's got his own kind of like, I feel like Expendables is kind of B-team, R-rated Fast and Furious as far as these like action franchises go. Vin, do, Vin doesn't need Expendables right now. When he needs it, he'll be there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for that. I've, Bruce Willis seems to be awful to work with uh, from what I've heard. <laughs> From what Stallone said, and then I'm not a huge Kevin Smith fan, but what Kevin Smith said, uh, he seems to just be pretty much intolerable. So uh, Harrison Ford also doesn't seem like a peach, but uh, <laughs> you know, could be fun, something different. Harrison's kind of kicking back into gear. He's got Star Wars. Yeah. He's got he's got Ender's Game. He's got this coming out. He's kind of he's out. He's off the ranch in Montana, and he's he's doing work. Yeah, yeah. Here, well, this is definitely the resurgence of Ford. And we predicted it, I think, on a couple episodes ago. This is gonna. It's. I mean, Harrison Ford. Hopefully, does some great stuff in the pet in the next few years. It's the year next year is going to be the year of Harrison Ford and the year of Will Forte. Yes. <laughs> well, every year is the year of Will Forte. I mean, in our every book, year, it, is. it really is. I just, That's right. For us, we have to, guys. We have to mention. <laughs> let's mention this before we move on. The Mumford and Sons Hopeless Wanderer <laughs> music video. I've watched it 200 times. If you haven't seen this, Mumford and Sons... I just sat in the airport today and watched it on a loop and giggled. Yeah. If you haven't seen this, Mumford and Sons basically hired uh, Will Forte, um, yeah. Ed Helms, Jason Sudeikis, and Jason Bateman to portray them in a music video, kind of a parody of themselves. And it's probably the most genius move Mumford and Sons have ever done in their career. Yeah, it's just absolutely amazing. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil what happens, but you have to see it. Like you, any, like if you don't know any, aren't fans of any of those guys, you have to see this music video. It is incredible. And if you're so. not a fan of Will Forte, you don't need to be listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you. Surely all those people have tuned out by now, considering that we talk about him at least once <laughs> once a month, if the not official more. actor <laughs> yeah. of uh, this thing. Yeah. Brian, yeah. did you see it? I did. I loved it. I didn't get to watch it until like because you sent it to us in a in a text, and I was just swamped that day. I came back to my phone, and there was like nine hundred text messages about Will Forte, but I didn't get to watch the video until like one thirty in the morning. And I literally, I woke up my son because I was laughing so hard. Like uh, it killed incredible. me. It was great. It's great. The end when, like you said, Kent, when he when Bateman smashes the banjo into the piano and yeah. elves is just screaming <laughs> just the look on his face of just pure exhilaration and will oh, forte violating a stand-up bass <laughs> incredible amazing great beard he's too for he's forte. Gotta, yeah he's gonna fill it up he's gotta yeah. fill it up let's let's move hey what's up ma'am fam kent here 
And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter. Dot com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Move on, guys. Let's talk about the way, way back. Can't wait. I need somebody to do some odd jobs, clean up some vomit. Definitely. Does your mom know you work here? Who's that big guy? Is this a girl? What are you doing over here talking to us? Well, maybe, Roddy, if you guys hadn't called me over here. Oh. <laughs> Please let your lady friend know that this conversation was entirely about her. All right. Now, I want you guys to kind of take the lead on this because you guys have seen this movie. You guys suggested it to me. You guys are the reason we're doing this episode. It wasn't originally penciled into our our podcast schedule. Um, I think we bumped two guns, maybe Smurfs two, yeah. uh, <laughs> in order to do this. <laughs> And I think it was worth it. I really, I haven't seen Smurfs 2 yet, but, but yeah, speculation is that we made the right decision. So, so Brian Gill, first of all, I just want to say this movie is, is fantastic. And I think I sent, that was my short review for you guys. Uh, And I'll just say that and I'll, I'll go more detail here in a minute, but Brian Gill, talk to me about the way, way back. Uh, Favorite favorite movie of the summer, not even close. Um, I, I recommended it as my, my weekly recommend a couple of weeks ago. Richard went and saw it, uh, the, I think the same weekend that I saw it, and then uh, finally we got you on board, Kent. Um, it is a for the, if you don't know, it is. I mean, it's a small, fairly small indie project. It's written and directed by the guys uh, Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, who wrote uh, The Descendants, which was Alexander Payne's oh, last. Oh, really? In two thousand, dude. Yeah. The whole time I was watching this, I was like, "This reminds me so much of The Descendants." Uh-huh. Yep, in it kind of has possible that, that way. Same I had no idea. Wow. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they're also actors. You know, um, yeah. they they play the two other lifeguards besides uh, Sam Rockwell, right. the little guy in the shed, and then the other guy that keeps people waiting at the top of the. They're the directors and writers. They're also oh, the guy actors. with the long hair. Yeah, the guy. Uh, with yeah, the, yeah. The, he, what the other, what other stuff is he in? 
Um, he had a Fox show last year. Yeah, Ben and Kate. He's in a movie. It was very good. He's in a movie that I I'm gonna have to look it up right now and mention it later. So go I ahead. know him Keep from the thing I saw him originally in was Orange County. I don't know if you ever. Yes. Oh yeah. He's, he's at the end of that. Um, and uh, and Jim Rash. He's, he's Kip in Orange County. That's what it is. Yeah, yes. There it is. Yep. Yes. And Jim Rash is Dean Pelton on uh, Community for any. Community wow. So fan. he. So they got those guys wrote this movie. That's incredible. Oh, and directed it. Yeah. And they wow, won the that's... Oscar for screenplay at the. For the Descendants last year, right. or two wow, years ago, that's ex- that's immensely talented individuals. But go, keep going. Sorry, uh, it's it's a it's a again for those of you that don't know, it's just a little small indie movie about a kid uh, who's I think he's supposed to be fourteen years old. He's a very uh, nerdy outcast type kid. Kind of walks with a hunch. He kind of looks funny. Um, he has to uh, he has to go to uh, a summer beach house with his mother. And his mother's boyfriend and and uh, and his sis, his uh, excuse me daughter. Um, he and the the boyfriend don't get along. He and his mom are starting to not get along very well. Um, he just kind of hates his life, and he ends up stumbling into a a water park that's kind of a rundown junky place, uh, and meets Sam Rockwell's character, who is the underachieving manager of the park, and. Through the experiences of the park, he it's it's a, it's a coming of age movie, and he kind of figures out life and um, gets his stuff together and and becomes the you know a, a better person for all of his experiences. It is um, I I don't know about you guys, I'm a sucker for this this genre of film, the the coming of age movie. But I, I I said this in my review. I a lot of times. I like the idea of these movies more than I like the movie themselves, or I end up just coming out with, that was okay. Um, This one, it hit me in all the right, the right levels, all the right places. It just, uh, it didn't miss it on anything. In my opinion, it just, it got everything right. Um, It's very emotionally charged, um, but it doesn't, Maybe what sets it apart in, in a lot of ways is that it doesn't seem like it dwelled on the darkness that I think a lot of these movies it's like, oh, everything sucks. Poor white kid that, you know, is middle class and doesn't have any friends like, oh, his life is horrible. And it kind of they tend to dwell in those areas. And then, you know, in the last 10 minutes, everything breaks forward and it's like, oh, now everything's great. He met a girl and had sex and now everything's great. You know what I mean? It just kind of gets yeah. it gets old and it it plays as somewhat um, false. This movie really, it goes after the emotions. It's very open and honest about everything that's happening. Um, it presents its characters in a very authentic light, I feel like. and it, But it never dwells on the awfulness of life. It, it seems like, even when everything is really bad for this kid and for everything that's going on in his life, it's still, I, I think anyway, a very hopeful mm-hmm optimistic movie and I, I to me that just that just opened up so much more for possibilities for what it could do and as such it just goes down the list of what you want a movie like this to to be and how you want it to, to work for you emotionally and it just hits every single one of those marks on down the list I, I can't say enough good things about this about this movie at all I, I just I absolutely love it Richard Barden yeah, it's just such a refreshing uh, movie. Perfectly released. Like, good job by the studio. Like, you could mm-hmm. release this and it could get lost amongst the sort of other awards type movies. But putting this out in the summer because it, you know, it's a beach movie and a water yeah. park movie. And it's just such a smart, like, oh, nothing explodes. 
you know, <laughs> it's just, you know, just a nice, yeah. like, and I told Brian, uh, we talked about this, I don't know your experience of Kent, and I'll go into this more, I think we talked about it briefly in the podcast, it was so great to watch a movie with adults, like, yeah. no one texted or talked <laughs> the entire movie, the trailers were all awesome, stuff I wanted to see, like, I officially felt old. Like yeah. I was like, oh, there's no kids in here. Everyone in there was like <laughs> Literally, 64. everyone was 70 years old <laughs> yeah. in mine. I don't know and how they what? know about such good movies. You know what I mean? And did, they, did they behave themselves? Yes, yes, they do. When I saw Moonrise Kingdom, it was the same way. It was like all 70-year-old yeah. people. I was like, how do they know about Wes Anderson's work? You know, it's like amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, old people – we're big fans of, of the elderly on this yeah. podcast. But, uh, yeah. you know, the the movie is, is great because it, it really gives um, reason um, – for why he's kind of mopey and introverted. Like, yeah. um, it's not just like, Oh, his parents are divorced. It's like, yes. no, these adults yes. he's with are awful. <laughs> and yes. so, and so it's like the most realistic portrayal. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've been a child and young adult on trips for like, you know, a bunch of 45, 50, 60 year old p- people decide they want to party and there's yeah. just nothing worse. Right. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the absolute worst. And uh, this movie, more than anything I can think of, really encapsulates that and like shows how awkward that is for, you know, as a kid, the, the biggest thing you realize, the biggest transition in life is as a, as a kid or young teenager, when you start realizing that no adults are also idiots, like it doesn't yeah. get better. Like the adults aren't perfect. They're they're a lot of times worse than kids and they're just sad, especially when they start dating again. Um, and this movie does that really well, and 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 Carell once again is is the man, is such a good actor, and Tony uh, Glad, to no one's surprise, is is marvelous. Amanda Pete, you know how I love my my, my Peters, <laughs> Richard. You, you, Richard, you literally, you predicted man Amanda Pete's resurgence like nine months ago. Yeah, did you not? You're like did. you're like if she has a resurgence, guess who's to think? I think this is it. I had I had honestly not seen Amanda Pete in. Eight years in a movie. Getting it done. Getting it, it, it done. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, amazing. No, she's though. great. And uh, the lead character, I forgot his name, uh, is great. Anna Sophia Robb and the older sister are two very cool young actresses, I think, to follow. Um, it was it was wonderful. But uh, we're kind of burying the lead here. Jim Rash and Nat Faxon, also great, really funny comic characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maya Rudolph in a great supporting role. But uh, there's, there's only one star of this movie. And I'm a huge Steve Carell fan. Yeah. Um, I think he's one of the most nuanced, really fun actors to watch when he's not doing things like Burt Wonderstone. Um, he's, but great he's just a great movie. By the way, I great. saw Burt Wonderstone, guys. I just want to let you know. There's one good part of that movie. It's Abra, Abra, Kadabra. It's all of it. That's, just listening to that song made me yeah. made me happy. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. But, well, I know uh, what you're about to say, Richard, but we should, you're, you're to- I'm totally with you. I'm not going to interrupt. I'm just saying. Steve Carell is great in this movie, and it's totally against cast, um, and it's such a cool performance. But you're absolutely right. There's one star, and he, he, he makes the movie. And, I mean, Steve Carell's wonderful, and I'm, I, I spend most movies with Steve Carell wanting more of him. Uh, this was not the case in this movie, even though he's fabulous. Sam Rockwell is, you know, it's a cliche, but a complete tour de force in this movie. I mean, just yeah. unbelievable. He's always great, but he's always kind of, you know... <sighs> He either does these sort of weird movies like Moon, which are great, but you don't really get to see him show off charisma. And then you see him like Iron Man 2 was so disappointing because I think him and Downey have a lot in common. They're both these fast-talking, mm-hmm. great actors. But he just kind of submits to Downey. Completely. I think he really phoned it in on Iron Man 2. Yeah. I really do. And completely – but this was like – this was like 
him playing like a downy caliber part, like just yeah. incredible. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll let you guys speak to that more. But just wow, what a what a performance! Yeah, I think you can you can go ahead and pencil in um, Sam Rockwell and Allison Janney. Oh yes, for for best supporting actor and actress. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a hundred percent almost at this you point. You think I so? Think. Even this I think early? so. Okay. I think so. I mean. Name how many other supporting performances of the year so far. I mean, we're, what, eight months into the year? Yeah, There's know, four months to go. They'll all come in the last two months. They yeah. will, but I mean, I, I think, I mean, Allison Janney and that, when the first scene where she gets introduced when they get to the lake house, it's just, a, it's just incredible. I mean, she's yeah. so good playing a drunk I person. I love that woman. She yeah, is, she's great. She was absolutely phenomenal in this movie. And Sam Rockwell, like you said, they're, he carries the film. I mean, he yeah. is a, it is a supporting role, and it's disappointing that he wasn't in this movie more. But every yeah. scene he's in, you don't want it to end, and every scene he's not in, you're like, all right, go back to the water park. <laughs> yeah, I see Sam. And that's it's, and it's amazing. And that's effective, you know, because you yes. kind of yeah. feel like a kid, right? Yes. I mean, yes, you just exactly. want to get to that water yep. park. I mean, the 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 scenes at home really in a really in a good way uh, make you long for that water park. It's just a really well-directed, well-paced. It's a great script. It was just a great movie. Yeah, Let's go ahead, yep. Ken. Um, but it's amazing how how much cargo shorts can do for it, your performance. <laughs> I mean, had this guy been in regular khakis, totally a different performance. When he shows up in XL cargo shorts, you're like, oh, this is, <laughs> he sets it off. You know? It just yeah. makes his character like so, kind of a you know slacker and everything. It's just... It was so perfect. Every nuance of his character was so perfect. And I just can't say enough good things about, about Rockwell. It might be my favorite Rockwell performance so far. Oh, yeah, me too. And he's had such a great career already. And I think he's going to just absolutely take off um, after after this movie, especially if he wins the Oscar, which might or might not happen at this. You know, it's too too early to tell. But I'd pencil him in for a nomination if I – I was filling out about today, you know, just based on what's come out so far. But guys, Rob Corddry made an appearance. I yes, mentioned yeah. him last week in Children's Hospital when I recommended that. Yeah, uh, always a great little guy to show up in a movie and, and throw a few lines. His character's name is Kip, so apparently yes. Nat Faxon loves the name Kip yes. a lot. <laughs> so you know, he made made him in this movie. But I think that yeah, Anna Sophia Rob and Zoe Levin, you know, watch them. You know, in the Descendants. Uh, what's her name? Shailene Woodley. Mm-hmm. Oh she's, yeah, she's going to be an absolute star. You know, once yes. Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, that new The Impossible Now or whatever that it comes out in a couple weeks. Now. Spectacular Now. now. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that was, she's a great actress. I feel so bad for her because she, I saw her in Descendants and she just blew me away. I think yeah. she's so talented. And then like, you know, she's clearly going to have this great movie career, but she's contractually obligated to that awful like ABC Family show where she's a teen yeah. mom. Yeah. So I mean, like, what a waste of like a really talented young actor. Yes, she was probably so thrilled to get that deal five years ago, but now she just wants right. to kill herself because she's stuck on ABC Family. <laughs> like, I could have an Oscar right now. Yeah. Also, Maya Rudolph's great. Always good yeah. to see her. Well, and always and great it, to see SNL people getting good work. Yeah, you know? it really is. The, the kid who plays the main character, Liam James, who I I hadn't really seen anything. He's not. It's not a dynamic performance by any means, and mm-hmm. he he definitely gets overshadowed by especially Rockwell because Rockwell is just so great. Absolutely deserves whatever sort of award attention he gets. But, but the kid, I feel like he really nailed it. He hits the the yes. mark quite well. Um, he plays that. He plays that little nerdy outcast outcast kid 
um, he hits the, he hits the right balance between being pathetic and just being sympathetic. You know what I mean? Like it, he's he's easy to root for, but it yes, seems very likable. But, but he's very likable, and he makes that seem very natural. Like, and it, that's partly what what Faxon and Rash are doing with the direction and the writing. They they uh, I think a lot of times in a movie like this, you the movie's trying to force you to like the main character regardless of of whether he is likable or not. And uh, I really like how this, how James, the kid, James, and and the uh, the, the script and the direction kind of work together to just say, hey, here's this kid. If you can sit through this movie and not like him and not root for him, then a fine, good for you. But also, you're probably dead inside, and you should not. You don't deserve movies like this, you know. Um, I, I thought he did a great job, and and I I would hate to get out of this without mentioning him as well. But you guys are totally right, Sam Rockwell. Can't, I don't know if you can pencil them in just because it's July and you can't ever. So I'm, yeah, and you can't ever comedy. count on. But and it's a man, comic role, and it's a comedy. Yeah, it's a comedic role. Yeah, and I think you could also argue that he is the the uh, lead performer, not the supporting actor, and that I, would. I, I, just, I don't know. I, I if I was the Academy, I would definitely say it's a supporting role. Um, I would say so. I would say Steve Carell and Liam James are the you know more more lead roles for sure. I can see that as well, but I think you can make the case that it's the that he's the lead actor, and if that's the case, then he's in trouble because there's going to be we can probably name five actors who are going to get the nomination right off our you know Tom Hanks and uh, Captain Phillips and Matthew McConaughey from Mud, yeah, yeah, and DiCaprio's got to get it this year for Gravity, yeah, it'll yeah Clooney. I mean, it's it's going to be a tiger, yeah, Yeah. and the guy from uh, the Coen Brothers, uh, yes, yes, Uh, Isaacs, Oscar, Isaac, yeah, Isaac, Oscar Isaacs. That was yeah. fabulous. God, I, I saw the trailer for that again when I saw this. Yeah, yeah. Me too. and I just cannot express and say enough times how excited I am for that movie. Oh, that that it, second it, trailer oh is gosh. incredible, guys. Like, yeah. man. that's gonna be my favorite. I'm predicting it now. That will be my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. Being a musician and everything, like, yeah. oh, the yeah. song they use in the trailer is just yes. so gorgeous, and it's like Crazy Heart, but like better. And I love. I mean, I'm like a '60s. Davon Rock, who they they think that's really based on, I'm like a yeah. nerdy historian on. I've read his books, and he's in the uh, there's the Scorsese, the No Direction Home, the Bob Dylan biography, and Davon Rock is one of the voices on that, and and uh, I I just adore that whole Greenwich Village scene, uh, and so I can't wait. And is there I, anything I honestly better love the Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers and John Goodman together? No, not there. Really, is not. No, American be... Treasure, John Goodman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or Maybe, maybe Coen Brothers and Will Forte whenever that happens eventually. <laughs> yes. It has to happen. It really does. Um, oh, what was I going to say? But did you see the trailer, Richard, in this movie for Walter Mitty? Uh, I want to get your thoughts not, on it. Not for this because when I saw this, Walter Mitty, that trailer had not been released because Brian and I saw it a few oh, right, weeks ago. Right, right. I've since seen it online and I know you guys talked about it last week. I mean, that's a pretty crazy trailer. You know, after, after Man of Steel, I try not to get pin my hopes on trailers too much because I still think that Russell Crowe Man of Steel trailer yeah, and the trailer number three of Man of Steel yeah are goodbye just the, my son yeah it's just like I was so pumped so yeah. so who knows but this looks like it may be I mean I still was an incredible director Tropic Thunder is right I mean how, how great is that but yeah. uh and Zoolander 2, but in all his shorts and everything. But I, this looks like on another level. I mean, this looks like it's going to win some serious awards and get a lot of uh, prestige. I, I'm super psyched for it. Can't wait. And that, Kristen Wiig is involved too, which is great. 
love Kristen Wiig, love Adam Scott, um, yeah. love Sean Penn. I really, I mean, I know people find Sean Penn insufferable in uh, the thing we like to call reality, and I, I'm inclined to to agree. <laughs> yeah, uh, but in in movies, the, I mean, gosh, that guy's that guy brings it pretty much every time. So, totally. uh, um, I, I'm 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 pumped. That might have been Wolf of Wall Street was my number one most anticipated movie. Uh, along with the new Coen Brothers, but that trailer—that might be my most anticipated movie of the of the winter now. Yeah, I I'm, I agree there. I'll, I I want to mention a couple more things about about way way back before we do we recommends. I just want to say, man, of all the movies this summer that have come out, and we've gotten some some huge franchise tentpole films, and mm. some films that on this podcast we really liked and enjoyed. But I just got to say. This was the most entertaining movie I've seen all year. You know, yes. there's like you yeah. said, there's no explosions, and it's funny. It's sad. I mean, it's everything you want in a movie. I mean, you can take your family to it and not feel embarrassed. You know, leaving yeah. mm-hmm. or like, why would you like that? You know, that was just awful for the last hour. It was way too long. You know, this is perfect length. Yep. It's just so good in every possible way. And it's just such, like you said, a breath of fresh air. And, and I really related to it too, because my first job when I was 16 years old, I was a lifeguard at a water park. <laughs> so, you know, I just related to it a lot. It brought back some great memories of, of growing up. And you up. wrote a pink, uh, you wrote a pink bicycle there every day. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. How did you know? But it was just amazing. We've been friends a long time, Ken, you know, just perfect <laughs> screenplay too. Yep. And yes. Great soundtrack too, by the way. Oh, I actually yeah. downloaded the soundtrack from iTunes because I was Killer. just I was so blown away. So great. So great. So hopefully hopefully this makes the cut out of the of the ten pictures that get picked for best picture. I I I'm, I would almost guarantee it'll get a nomination for best picture at this point. You know, there's one or two, maybe three movies you could you could say deserve a nomination on that yeah, front. I mean, so but, far, so far, uh, it's yeah. Fast and Furious Six, <laughs> right, uh, right. Well, that should probably get two. <laughs> now um, you see me. <laughs> Don't you dare! Yeah. Now you see me, with best <laughs> guys. What will y'all do if if now you see me gets a an award, a nomination for best cinematography? What will you do? Kill ourselves on the air. <laughs> Well, I'll, uh, I will stop the podcast. It'll, we'll yeah. just do stop a, coming out. With podcast consisting entirely of the F word. <laughs> yeah. An hour and a half. Yeah. So, so my grade for way way back, uh, I'll give it an A. You yeah. know, it's not the best movie I've ever seen, but it's damn good. I mean, it really is. A, it's just a great movie. It's a solid A in my in my book. Brian, what's your grade? Uh, I gave it A plus, and I it's it's between it's definitely the best movie I've seen this summer. Not even close, and it's between this movie and, a, and so far. And I know we'll get a lot of award caliber stuff as we finish out the year, but so far it's between this and a movie I'm going to mention in a minute uh, for uh, my top spot of the of the year total. So A plus for me, Richard. A plus, A plus, nice. My favorite movie since we've been doing this podcast. This is the favorite movie that we've reviewed. I think I cannot wait uh, to see this movie again when it comes out. Yeah, I'm gonna buy too. it. I, I can't. I when I left the theater. I just, I was just so happy, and I just wanted I know. to see it again immediately. I just and loved I, it. Brian will know; uh, he'll get to this joke. Because <laughs> what's pod, what are podcasts for besides some inside jokes between friends? <laughs> right. right. Um, this definitely had some school of rock effect on the rich man. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It. I wonder if it would. I, I love cry school all of rock. The time I love I, school of rock, guys. Yeah, 
I, I, I cry very easily in movies, and yeah. but Richard's not quite the same way. I mean, close, but not quite the same way. But I know. Yeah. I wondered when I, I did think of that when I left. I was like, I wonder if he'll get the uh, the school of rock treatment because I know that makes you weep every single yeah. time you watch. It makes you cry. So you know, I cry. <laughs> I've seen School of Rock fifty times, and I cry at the end when they play the song and their parents come into the yeah. To the venue. That is good. It is really good. something about it is when the when the when the large girl their, sings. Yeah. I, I just well up every time. I, I every time. That every, movie's I am, incredible. I'm I, I'd be willing to do a bonus it. episode on School of Rock. I really would. <laughs> I love that movie. It's Linkwater. That's what's awesome about Linkley, it. Linkley. Yeah. It's a Linkwater kids movie. And Mike I mean, White wrote it that? too, who wrote Orange yeah. County and some other great, some yeah. great screenplays. Jack Black, the p- part he was just like born, bred to play. I mean, that's like. There's nothing sh- funnier than Jack Black trying to convince these kids <laughs> to listen to classic rock, and when yeah. he when he like auditions his they're like what song are we gonna play and he's like all right i've been working on this you know but it's not complete yet so (laughs) so a thin layer of fog comes in around my ankles and then a beam of light you know that part yes just unbelievable and it's all one take and it's just yeah (laughs) it's amazing that movie rules so uh, it does rule that's my weekly recommend school of rock (laughs) i can't believe i we haven't mentioned that movie on the podcast i didn't know you were such a big fan oh dude guys yeah 100 percent amazing yeah um so let's move on guys uh to weekly recommends go see way way back please go Go see see way way back do it it's only in theaters a minimal amount of time so see it tomorrow quit go quit your job go see it it's good for your soul you'll feel better about the world okay Brian Gill, I know what you're going to say, so go ahead and say it. Give us your weekly recommend. I'm just going to give. I, I'm going to do a two-parter. Sorry, I'm going to take take a little time. But uh, I, I I picked this movie as my my weekly recommend when I first saw it in theaters, and it came out on Blu-ray DVD today. So I just want to remind everybody: Mud is out right now. Matthew McConaughey, Reese Witherspoon, a kid named Ty Sheridan. It's incredible. It's an A plus in my book. It's that's it, the movie that I was speaking about earlier. When I, I it's it's right there with way way back for the year right now. So I bought it already. I'm gonna watch it later tonight. I love the movie. Please go see it. Uh, but since I have picked that before as my weekly recommend, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something new for us. Uh, we've had uh, we've had movies obviously for our weekly recommend. We've had TV shows. We've had I did another podcast one time. Uh, we've had apps. All kinds of good stuff. I don't think, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I don't think that we've ever had a video game before. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to pick a video game called The Last of Us as my weekly recommend. Uh, it's only available on PS3, so sorry for all you Xbox and Wii, I guess, if that's a thing still, uh, people. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, I'm not much of a gamer at all. I pretty much play... Like NCAA football and MLB yeah, play, the show I'm, all I'm season all year. That's it. Yeah, that's really all yeah. I play. That's about all I do too. I usually there's usually like one or two games that are you know more serialized like this um, that I'll play every year. You know, maybe like Call of Duty or Skyrim, something like that. Anyway, I'm not a very good good gamer, but something about this game really piqued my interest. So I had a buddy of mine who is a big time gamer pick up a copy for me, and uh, I sat down to play it on Friday afternoon. I had a little staycation over the last uh, week. Sat down to play it, and I pretty much have not stopped playing it since. I've got maybe an hour and a half left to go, and I'm going to play that tonight. And uh, it's it's an incredibly rich video game. It's, it's a post-apocalyptic society where you're trying to get this girl to safety because she holds the key to... Ellen Page. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she holds you know the she, sheets. Ending. You know she like ending. tried to sue the people for her, stealing her likeness. Yeah, really. I didn't yeah, know they that. offered her the part, and she said no. So they just pretty much made it her anyway. Okay, well, she's she's actually perf- doing an, another game called um, Beyond Two Souls, where she actually does perform in the movie, like acts. I mean, acts in the game and everything, and does mocap wow. and everything. So look forward to that. But keep yeah. going. Sorry. Well, it's it's got it's it's very realistic. The graphics are incredible. It's some of the best graphics I've ever seen. And more importantly, it it really plays like a movie. Um, it's the story that uh, that is involved here is is by far the best thing I've ever seen in a video game. Um, it kind of hits you emotionally, even a little bit in a couple of places. Like it's it's just very realistic. It, it's, it's like playing a a very serious, um, a very serious movie, almost like choose your own adventure in a way. So I really enjoyed it. And again, I'm not much of a gamer, so I feel like if I like it, then most gamers should really like it. Uh, it's called The Last of Us, and uh, it's it's been a, a great play for me. So I, I'm recommending it. Sweet, thanks, Brian. I want to mention uh, tonight. Um, it's a Tuesday night in the at the end uh, beginning of August. If you're listening to this, you know, later in the year. But tonight is the start, and every year I look forward to this, the start of HBO's Hard Knocks. Yes. And I am currently right now at Dallas Cowboys training camp. I've been here for working for four, almost four weeks now, and I'm just super, super stoked to watch this tonight. It's Cincinnati Bengals this year. Uh, last year it was the Miami Dolphins, which was amazing because of all the drama that went down with Chad Ochocinco and him you know, beating his wife and then like – you know, Ryan Tannehill coming out of A&M and, and being the rookie starter there and everything. So I know you might not be a sports fan if you're listening to this podcast, but just from a great TV show standpoint, mm-hmm. this show is just top-notch. And every and yeah. NFL Films puts it on, and if you know anything about NFL Films, it's everything they do is just in, incredible from a you know cinematic standpoint. Um, so I'm excited tonight. It'll probably be – might not be on HBO Go, you know, immediately. I think they – they don't put it on HBO Go until the entire season's up. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because I, I tried to watch it last year, I remember, and I it was so hard to find and watch it if you didn't have HBO um, on your TV because I was trying to get my friend's HBO Go password to watch it, but they were like, no, <laughs> we can't put it – with the NFL you know, rights and everything, they didn't okay. want it online like that. But um, anyway, yeah, go check it out. Hard Knocks, it's an amazing just doc it's a documentary if you don't know what it is about, you know, being in the NFL, what it takes to make a team, an NFL team, the level of competition there is, and just the drama involved in, you know, mm-hmm. professional sports. It's just an incredible, incredible series. And I I'm gonna go ahead and call Dibs next week for recommend, another HBO <laughs> clear, <laughs> clear Histories, Larry I'm, David's Clear hey, History hey, comes out <laughs> this weekend. What? What were we going to do? I was going to say, what What were we going to do for an episode next week? I was going to say um, this until Elysium. after the podcast. Elysium. Oh, Elysium. Why don't we do a bonus? Why don't we do a clear history episode? We can do it next week, we too, if we want to. Because I don't think there's – I could be wrong, but I don't, I don't feel like there's anything that we're you guys get to hear some, about. You guys get to hear – the audience gets to hear some you know, behind the scenes. Let's do, let's do Elysium next week and let's do a, a, like a 30-minute clear history bonus app I, okay. for I, our listeners. I'm down. I'm totally down. Because we're all uh, going to so, watch that. I mean, who's, yeah, we're, totally. we're going to watch that. So. Yeah. <laughs> it stars well Larry talk. David and John Hamm, so what more can you ask for? Yeah, really? I mean, that's... And that's, we've mentioned on this show before, I think Richard said, there's nothing better, literally in the world, nothing better <laughs> no. than good Larry David. Nope, you're absolutely um, right. 
There really isn't. Uh, and Brian, you said you're not. You have not seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. You said. Yeah, I've only seen one or two episodes. Oh my god! You honestly, <laughs> you when you if you when you watch it, you're gonna be like, my life has not been complete until this moment. Yeah. Like it really fulfills needs in your life. Like it yes. is such an amazing show. Last it season, really... the way it all tied up at the end. Yes. With them in France, just I mean, the show was. We talked about this before, but. The show was like a nine out of ten. It was a great show. Yeah. And then they added Leon, and it went to like JB a forty. Smooth, yeah. It's like a forty-three out of ten for the last like four years. Leon and Larry, I could just watch them. If they were just in my room twenty-four hours a day, I wouldn't sleep. <laughs> I would just watch them talk. I could watch them talk for the rest of my life, and I would not get bored. Brian, just watch the last two episodes of season seven, I believe, the Seinfeld reunion. There's about a yeah. two-episode arc there. It includes Leon. That is just, I mean. The best TV ever, maybe. It's so great. And if you're a Seinfeld, I, I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan. Are you, Brian? I am not a huge Seinfeld fan. Oh, my god! You know what? I, oh, I, Lord. What no, you know what, though, Kent? I'll step in here. I know. I, know. I like Seinfeld. I, Seinfeld's not for everybody. It's not. And, but I really think Curb is. Like, if yeah. you don't like Seinfeld, you'll still like Curb. It, it really is different. I, I, I know yeah. people think they're the same. They're really totally different shows. There, there's similarities, but I know plenty of people... Uh, I'm dating one that uh, hate actively hate Seinfeld and love Curb. So I mean, yeah. uh, and I, I, think I don't be... feel that way about Seinfeld. I I 100% appreciate the accomplishment that is Seinfeld. I just I feel like Seinfeld is a show that I have to be in the right mood. You have to see watch. every single episode. If yeah. you watch that show from beginning like, to end, man, you'll you'll it gets so tiring to me. The yeah. the whining. I I can't handle whining, and I feel like. Most of that show is whining. So, well, good. Most of uh, it's just not. Watch Curb and just watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, like a season, and then realize that George Costanza in Seinfeld is Larry David. Like it was written (laughs) as a parody of Larry David. Like, but when you realize that, it just brings it to a whole new level. Yeah. Instead of whining, real life Larry just screams at people. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, it's the best. It gets no better than angry, angry Larry. He can't let things go. When he yeah. does the stare, yeah, <laughs> the stare down with two people just doing a stare off, it's just unbelievably great. And the blooper reels on Curb are just there's nothing better really. There is, yes. and he is my fashion hero. If I could dress like anyone, it would be Larry David. He has awesome clothes. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> he's, and he always and looks he's, comfortable, yeah. you know. He's, but he's still styling. That guy gets it done, man. Yeah, LD, 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 uh, Richard. Give us Rick Lerkerman. All right, I'm going to do something different. I don't know if we've done. I know we've done albums and things. I'm actually going to recommend a song. Okay. So Call me, maybe. Got... <laughs> Brian sends up. All right. Until next week. <laughs> uh, no, I've been uh, – so I've been traveling, you know, so I've had the uh, – I got the Spotify premium last month, and I've had nice. it now a couple months. It's a total game changer. Yeah. But uh, I was really into in – the, in, the in high school, I was super into the roots – and then I quit mm-hmm. somewhere around like Game Theory, which was right after Phrenology, which is my favorite album by them. And then I started reading the Questlove book. And I kind of assumed that when they took the Fallon gig, they were kind of retired from making like serious records. And so I just didn't listen to any of their new stuff. But they did this, they did this album with, uh, with John Legend, I think in 2010. And there was this Bill Withers yeah. cover on there of I Don't Write Left-Handed, which is a Vietnam protest song. It's like 11 minutes long. And... 
starts off kind of slow. It's a soul song, but the last five, six minutes of it will just, your face will explode. It's one of the most <laughs> raucous. Just, I mean, can't you'll, as a musician, you'll, you'll know what yeah. I mean. It's got right. such a kick and groove to it. Just a very, uh, you know, when Prince like plays a guitar solo randomly and you're like, holy, you know, when Prince yeah. just rails it, that just soul drenching, dripping soul guitar. Um, whoever the guitar player is on this song has, is very Prince influenced. Um, yeah, it's just a. It, I've been, I've just had on repeat. What's the song like, called, Richard? The song is called "I Don't Write Left Handed." I don't write left handed. By by John Legend and the Roots, originally okay. by Bill Withers. Okay, John Legend. That's great. I've never thought about recommending a song. Yeah, there's a lot of individual songs I could recommend right now. Uh, the new Pearl Jam song is great, guys. Mind your manners. Yes. New Pearl Jam record coming out. Yeah. This fall. And I'm super stoked. Got tickets, guys, to see him in Dallas. So if you guys nice. want to stub hub it and join me, you're you're definitely more than welcome. It's gonna be good. Um, Brian Gill, let me ask you this: Where can I find more of your work online? You can find me on Twitter at bgill12, and you can find me on my writing and such on my website canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. You can find me online on Twitter at Kent Garrison. Uh, Richard, where can I find you online? You can find me online. At uh, Richard Barden on Twitter, at RichardBarden.com on the website, or you can find the show at MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com. Yeah, find all our episodes on there. Find all our weekly recommends on there, including links to purchase and uh, check out, um, if it's on Netflix, uh, all of our weekly recommends. Um, So do that and check out all our archives on there. Leave a review on iTunes if you like us, and if you think we suck. Um, just email us and we'll take that <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah. Don't put it on iTunes. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> excited, excited for next week, guys. Uh, Elysium Clear History. It's going to be a good time. So I'm really excited. And I'm glad you're back, Richard. It's been it's been a long time coming that you're back. And I'm just, it is. It's just, it's, just, it is. it's just great. Great to have you How'd back. How do you know? Yeah. You. I didn't get you about a grizzly. I went on some insane hikes. Um you know, I've got some great pictures. Maybe I'll throw them up on the website, you know? Yeah. So you, yeah. people can see my journey. Can't you oh, I've already, you throw we already up have some... your profile picture now for it. Oh, really? Did you throw You're that holding up holding an AT-47. I'm going to yeah. put it up. Yeah, it's awesome. an M249. I'm just waiting for Brian to submit his, and we'll do it. I do okay. need to send that to you, my bad. Yeah. On that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. See ya. Goodbye. So when your hopes on fire But you know your desire Don't hold a glass over the flame Don't let your heart grow cold I will call you by name I will share your Fuck!